Hi, I'm Ruth Schwenk, and I'm so thrilled you're listening in with us at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Well, I just know you're going to love today's episode because it is with a very good friend of mine. I've known her for years. She's been a contributor to my blogs. Her name is Jeannie Cunyon, and we are talking about, we're continuing the summer school mini-series and talking about, in particular, the Holy Spirit in this episode. Honey, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about this conversation you have with yeah, Je- Jeannie? I mean, Jeannie is fantastic. And so our listeners are just going to love this conversation. She was such a joy to talk with and so um, so smart, articulate. Mm. And you just sense the Holy Spirit when you're talking to her. Mm. You know, there's just some people that you just go, oh, that person mm. is is full of the Spirit. Mm. And, and Jeannie's one of those people. And so that just comes through, I think, in our conversation, the way she uh, talks about just her journey, her understanding of who the Holy Spirit Spirit is. And of course, her brand new book called Don't Miss Out. And Mm. so it just is such a great conversation. I know it's going to be an encouragement. I know it's going to just bring um, greater understanding uh, to who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in the life of a believer and what's available to us Mm. um, because of the the presence and the power of the Spirit in our lives. And so um, Jeannie is fantastic. The, The book is extraordinary. And so I just know our conversation is going to be a blessing to our listeners. Mm. Well, let me just share a little bit about Jeannie. Jeannie Cunyon is the author of Parenting the Wholehearted Child and Mom Set Free and a sought-after speaker at conferences around the country. Her work has been featured on outlets such as the Today Show, Fox News, The 700 Club, and Focus on the Family. Jeannie and her husband, Mike, live in Connecticut with their five boys. And like I said, I've known Jeannie for, for a long time, and I know, I just know you're going to love her. So you're really talking a lot about what she shares in her book, Don't Miss Out, Daring to Believe Life is Better with the Holy Spirit. And I think I just wanted to mention that in case you want to pick up the book. And her an Instagram handle, if you want to follow her on Instagram, is Jeannie Cunyon, J-E-A-N-N-I-E. Cunyon is spelled C-U-N-N-I-O-N. So let's get this going. I know it's going to be awesome. Let's go. Well, Jeannie, welcome to Root Like Faith. Oh, thank you for having me, Pat. First of all, I just want to say congratulations on the release of your brand new book. I know um, it just released last month. The book is called Don't Miss Out. And so congratulations on on the recent release of of your brand new book. Oh, thank you so much. It feels so good to have it. You know how it is. You spend so many months, years writing something, and then you finally get to release it and have conversations about it and see how God uses it. It's so exciting. Absolutely. I, I think for a lot of people, they, you know, I know I felt this way before we had written our first book, like writing a book sounds so glamorous. And, you know, <laughs> it just sounds like everybody dreams about, you know, writing a book and being an author. And then when you actually get the opportunity to do it, you're like, this is a lot of work. It's a lot of oh, work to write word. it. It's a lot of work to release it. And, um, you, have, and you have no idea. Yeah. I remember yeah. I have to tell you this really quickly. My, um, when I felt called to start writing, I was an adoption social worker and it made no sense, this nudge in my heart to start writing. Mm-hmm. But my older sister is a prolific writer author. And I called her and I told her my dream. And oh, she said, Jeannie, I've been waiting for you to figure that out, which was mm-hmm. such a blessing and an affirmation. But I said to her, what do I do? And she said, just start writing. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, no, no. But like, what else do I do? And she said, just start writing. And it was so wise of her because to your point, Pat, if she had said, well, you write and then you do this and then you do this and then you, and then you have to have that, right? If she had like named yeah. the full journey from the idea and your 
heart to like it being published, I don't know that I would have had the courage. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Because yeah, I knew I was ill-equipped, but then to have known all the steps that goes into yeah. um, getting to this point, I might have been like, okay, you know what? Adoption social work is good. That's right. <laughs> I think I'll stay there. <laughs> I'm going to opt out of that, Lord. Yeah, thanks, thanks yeah, but yeah, no yeah. thanks. <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. I know uh, I said I'd do anything for you, but I just discovered this is one of those things that doesn't land in that category. That's right. <laughs> no, but you're right. It's It's such an honor to serve him in this way. It really is. I'm so grateful that he has allowed me to write this book. I'm really excited about yeah. it. Well, it is a fantastic book, and I, I know we're going to link, of course, to your your full bio in our show notes, and and also to the book and and uh, where where folks can go and uh, get a copy. And I really do hope that that our Root Like Faith family, um, you know, takes the opportunity to purchase the book and read it. I, I just think it's going to be uh, it's a message that we need to hear, and it's going to be such a I think an important book for so many people. You know, it, it's interesting to me. I you know I'm a a church history nerd. I'm not an expert. Uh, by any means, but you know, Ruth and I, Ruth has always given me a hard time about um, you know my church history books, and I love mm-hmm. church history. I love to to read just about those that have come before us, and it's really fascinating to me when when you read church history. I think a lot of Christians are more familiar with with the debates early on about who Jesus was or who he is, and the humanity, the deity of Jesus, and how that a lot of that was being worked out in in the three hundreds you know, the Council of Nicaea, but but we're probably less familiar with the debates about the Holy Spirit. And yeah. a lot of that was being worked out really at the same time or just after that. And, and I think it was Basil of Caesarea who was, was kind of became known as the theologian of the Holy Spirit in the fourth mm-hmm. century. And he was the first one to really write uh, a full volume on the Holy Spirit. And he was reacting against false teachings about the Holy Spirit all the way back in the 300s. And so the reason wow. I bring that up is that, you know, there's a long history. I just think there's a lot, as you know, you've written a whole book on the Holy Spirit. There's just a lot of misunderstandings, misconceptions about who the Holy Spirit is and mm-hmm. uh, how we're to relate to him. And so that's a long, uh, I mean, it goes all the way back. And so it's just so fascinating to me. And so I'd love for you as we get started, just to kind of share um, your, your journey and really what, what led you to write this book. Yeah. You know, I was so, I was raised as a preacher's kid. Um, and I've been following Jesus since I was eight years old. Um, and, uh, it was a Presbyterian church, but it was a charismatic church. And so, uh, the Holy spirit, um, was not, um, new to me, uh, in, in, in recent years when I began writing this book. But what I did discover is that I had really put him in a spiritual gifts box. In my mind, the Holy spirit was, for spiritual gifts. That was kind of the extent of his role in my life, in the Christian life. And, and so I think like a lot of us, we casually recite those seven words in the power of the Holy Spirit. We recite those in creeds or we recite those words in, in um, worship music, but not many of us actually know how to live in that power, the daily equipping that God sent the spirit to do in our lives. And so several years ago, I was praying a very simple prayer, which was, Lord, I just want more of you. I want all of you. Like I can't get enough of you, right? I just, I want you to fill every room in my heart. And soon thereafter, uh, I just became incredibly curious about the Holy spirit and, and realized, oh, this is how he's answering that prayer. He's, he's reintroducing me to God, the Holy Spirit, 
because I'm, I'm very, um, I have a very intimate relationship with God, the father, I have a very intimate relationship with God, the son, but I know so little about God, the spirit. And as I write in the first chapter of the book, I discover that much of my posture with the Holy spirit has been where we hold one arm out staying, saying, stay right there. Yeah. Uh, and then we have the other hand saying, okay, come a little closer. Wait, stay right there. Wait, come a little closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and because there's so many, as you said, Pat, so many misconceptions, uh, so much baggage that is yeah. attached to the Holy Spirit, so much controversy um, that uh, for some of us, we keep him at arm's length because we assume he's either for the extremes, either the super spiritual or the super strange. And yeah. so if we are a theologian without the letters after our names or if we wouldn't put ourselves in the super strange category, or we've seen things done in the Holy Spirit's name that are not of the Holy Spirit, then we then we don't know what to do with him. And then, like me, I think there's a lot of us that just didn't know. I just didn't know all that he was intended to do in my life. I didn't know the full scope of his purpose in my life. And so as I began to just study scripture in search of the Holy Spirit from Genesis to Revelation and uh, read books by theologians who have gone before me, like you said, and have unpacked a lot of what scripture teaches about him. I just realized I had been missing out. I was missing out on this beautiful third person of the Trinity. And then I began to have conversations with people who walk closely with Jesus and many of whom said, I think I'm missing out too. And so I knew I had to write the book because God was using it to change my life and introduce me afresh to his spirit and the beauty of having his companion, his daily companionship and empowerment. Uh, and I, it was too good to keep to myself. Yeah, that's so good. I, I think that is so well, well said. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting as you're sharing just a bit of your personal story, you know, it's not entirely different um, than, you know, than what I experienced. Yeah, you know, I was born and raised in a, in a Baptist home and church and, um, went to, you know, Ruth and I went to the Moody Bible Institute, uh, did our undergrad there. And then I did graduate work at, at Grace and, um, Biola University. And so I, I feel like that for most of my life, I've had a really good, um, theology of the spirit. Like I, I, I was mm-hmm. taught and, and I praise God for that, just in terms of that biblical, theological foundation of who the Holy Spirit is and what he's supposed to do or what he does do in the life of a believer. But I, but I was telling a friend recently that in terms of my experience of the spirit or having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that was very deficient. And it, mm-hmm. it, in a lot of ways is very similar to what you were describing in your own journey and the motivation for writing this book. And it really wasn't until I was um, on staff at a church in Toledo and the senior pastor was a former Assemblies of God pastor, and he had left mm-hmm. the Assemblies of God for for what he felt like, you know, were were just, um, you know, maybe some misunderstandings there. But but very much it, he personally and the church was a church was, was very much open to the gifts of the Spirit, and he just had a very different relationship with the Holy Spirit than anything I'd ever experienced before, either on staff at churches or just in my own life. And that was the first time. Uh, that I began to go, boy, am I missing out on on something? It's exactly I, I love the title of the book. Don't you know? Don't miss out because I, I experienced that in my own life, and I think so many followers of Jesus do as well. And so I just think that is that is so well said. You know, the the book is very accessible. It's very readable, but it is rich. I mean, it, it is um, uh, there's a depth to it, and it's saturated in scripture. 
and it's just an, an excellent, excellent book. And so I'd love for you just very, as we move on very simply uh, for, for maybe somebody who is a brand new Christian, um, they're, they're a new follower of Jesus. I mean, very simply, I mean, how would you just, who is the Holy Spirit and what does he do in the life of a believer? Hmm. Well, the Holy Spirit is God. And I think that's something that most of us know, like you said, um, in our minds, but has that made it to our hearts, right? The Holy Spirit right. is God. God eternally exists as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So there is one God and each person in the Trinity is fully God. But the other beautiful part about the Holy Spirit is that he is also a divine person with a dynamic personality. And he uh, wants to be in friendship and companionship with us. And I think that's the part most of us miss. We recognize that he is God, even though we neglect him oftentimes. Um, we, we talk about God, the Father, God, the Son, and there's the joke that it's then God, the Holy Bible, right? Because yeah, we yeah. don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And yet the Holy Spirit authored the Holy Bible. So there's that. Um but to, to know that he is a divine person with a dynamic personality, with a mind, with a will, with emotions, uh, I think changes things for us. Uh, when you asked me, you know, um, I began writing Don't Miss Out with a question, who is the Holy Spirit and what does the Holy Spirit do and why does that matter? Those were the questions I wanted to answer. And when I finished writing the book, my question was, what doesn't the Holy Spirit do? Yeah, I just, it's, it's unbelievable. The, the scope of his work in the Christian life from, from sparking our faith, literally opening our eyes to the love of Jesus. Meaning if you're listening today and you have put your trust in Jesus, you can thank your friend, the Holy Spirit, right? Because he's the one who opened your eyes to the love of Jesus. So he he sparks our faith. He sustains our faith. He sanctifies our lives. He strengthens us for this life. He's the spirit of glory that carries us home. So he is from beginning to end, uh, fully active and fully available in the Christian life. And, uh, and I'm glad you asked, if, especially if somebody is new to the faith, because I think this is really important to recognize he is equally available to every person who has put their trust in Jesus. You don't have to be at some point down the road in your walk with Christ to know the beauty and the benefits of his indwelling presence. The moment you put your trust in Jesus, God puts his spirit in you and he wants you to live your life from that moment forward, powered by the spirit of God. Yeah. And so, but just because he's fully available does not mean he's equally active. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of us, um, well, we all have him if we put our trust in Jesus, but, but the activity, the experience of the Holy Spirit is going to differ based on how much we're leaning in, welcoming his work, yielding to his authority. But if we will go back to remembering that he is a person with a personality who we can have real relationship with then it changes our it changes our posture toward him right because he's not an it he's not a force he's not a power right he's not even a power he is a person who gives us power he is a person who manifests his power in our lives um he's not a dove or a fire or wind those are beautiful symbols by which he is um symbolized in scripture but he is a person he is a divine person who wants to empower us to walk out our life in Christ. Yeah, it's so good. You know, one of the things that 
that you say in the book is that you say I was set free by Jesus, but I was trying to live free by Jeannie. That's um, right. And, and I love that. I mean, sort of explain to our listeners, you know, what you meant by that and, and how that just, you know, sort of began to shift, you know, when you dug deeper into your relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it was this realization that I've still been trying to do so much of the Christian life in my own strength, sanctifying myself, strengthening yeah. myself. And so I do believe that the enemy's number one priority is to ensure that we do not put our trust in Jesus, right? That's his number yeah. one goal. Do not know uh, eternal life given to you freely in the, in the life, death and resurrection of your King Jesus. But once he loses that battle, I do believe that his focus shifts to ensuring that we don't live the Christian life in the power of Christ so that we know, okay, Jesus set me free, free from slavery to sin, free from condemnation and shame. But now it's my job to, um, keep God proud and walk out my faith in my own strength. And so, yes, Jesus' life sets us free, but the Spirit's power keeps us free. He's the one who gives us the power to pursue Christ. He's the one who transforms us from the inside out. And so I think that's why we see a lot of, I, I say in the book, Jesus dropouts, um, or people who just say, it's just, it's my faith is dry, it's dull, God feels distant. Um, and I think oftentimes that's an indicator that we are lacking the intimacy of the Holy Spirit, that we are trying to stay free. We are trying to please God in our own strength instead of recognizing that Jesus satisfied God's holy requirements and he now covers us with his perfect righteousness. And now the Holy Spirit is in us to give us the strength and the power to walk out the, you know, the God's commands to live a life of holiness, to live in pursuit of holiness. And, um, and I think we get really discouraged and even drop out when we neglect that power that has been given to us to live in pursuit of Christ. Yeah, no, that's so good. I, I can hear our listeners saying, yes, I absolutely agree with you, but how do I do that practically? And so I want, in just a minute, I want you to speak to that. I mean, just to kind of speak to what are some very simple, practical ways that we can live a more dependent life, you know, in the spirit. And so I want you to speak to that in just a minute. I think one of the things that I um, was so struck by recently, we, I know we were talking before we started recording this, I, I did a series on the Holy Spirit and uh, in the gifts of the spirit, I think it was about two years ago. And as I was preparing for that sermon series, you know, I was reading through the gospels. And one of the things that, that I was really struck by is just this idea that the more like Jesus we become, the more dependent on the Holy Spirit we become. Yes. And, and one of the things I'd missed for so many years is I read the Bible. I mean, I grew up like you. I, I you know, came to know Jesus at a young age. I, I remember by God's grace, just God giving me a love for the Bible at the age of eight, nine, ten years old. I just loved to read the Bible. I was very interested in spiritual things. And yet for so many years, I just missed that simple truth that everything that Jesus did in his, in his ministry, he did in the power of the spirit, um, you yeah. know, he was conceived by the spirit. Um, you know, you think about, um, you know, he was, uh, baptized, you know, the, the dove comes down, you know, the spirit descends on him at his baptism. Uh, he's led by the, the spirit, uh, at his temptation, you know, into the desert, his public ministry mm -hmm. was marked by an anointing of the spirit. You know, Luke tells us in Luke chapter four, um, Romans eight eleven. you know, Paul says he, he was raised by the power of the spirit. And of course the mm -hmm. church is birthed by the coming of the spirit and, you know, just on and on we could go, yeah. uh, different examples. And I, and I had just missed that for so many years that the more Me we too. become like Jesus, the more dependent we should become 
on the Holy Spirit. And you just see that in the life of Jesus. And so I'd love for you just to, to speak to that in terms of just how somebody very simply, very practically can live more dependent on the spirit. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that because for me, that was one of the kind of, you know, the emoji, like, like my mind yeah, is blown. Yeah. Like for me, <laughs> right. that was, that was it. As I studied, um, Jesus being empowered by the spirit, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth yeah. with the Holy spirit and power acts 10 38 says that. And, and even back to what you were talking about in Luke four, um, it's, it, I think it's the, um, NIV translation where it literally says Jesus comma full of the Holy spirit comma, mm -hmm. like it's so intentional in helping us see. Yeah. And yet I had missed that Jesus was empowered by the Holy Spirit in his earthly ministry, right? And this is the same Holy Spirit that fell at Pentecost and filled the 120 that were in the upper room, right? The same yeah. Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that filled the disciples in right. the book of Acts at Pentecost. And But here's the other really cool thing. It's the same Holy Spirit that is in you, Pat, it's in me, and is in every person who's listening, who's put their trust in Jesus, right? It's the same Holy Spirit, because I think we've made him small. Yeah. Um, I think we have this misconception that we have a mini version. We have a lesser version of the Holy Spirit um, compared to the Holy Spirit that filled, you know, empowered Jesus and empowered the disciples. But if we will just really sit with that, that the same Holy Spirit who empowered Jesus and empowered the disciples is the one that lives in us today and wants to um, fill us with the fullness of God and lead us in living lives that testify to the supernatural energizing power of God for believers even today. I think yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. And I think we miss that because we've made him small. Yeah. Um, and so how do we, how do we, how do we walk that out? Right. How do we experience that? Um, and I wish, you know, I, I love lists and I love to check boxes. I have every morning I start my day with a checklist and I love to, and you know, I say in the book, I wish there was like a checklist in some sense, right. right. That we could check this, check this, check this. Okay. I'm living in the power of the Holy spirit today. Um, and yet our God is so much more relational than that. Right. Um, and so for me, when I think about living in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's for me, it's much more about um, inviting the Holy Spirit to become larger and larger in my life. Yeah. Um, because one of the greatest benefits of the Holy Spirit is having our hearts enlarged for Jesus. He makes Jesus more beautiful to us. He, he um, magnifies the beauty of what Jesus did for us. And so I think about what Jesus said in the Gospel of Luke when he was talking about how um, if we as parents who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And so Jesus is identifying the Holy Spirit as this beautiful ultimate gift that the Father wants to give to his children. And Jesus tells us, ask, ask for the, ask for more, ask to be filled afresh. Um, and so for me, it just goes back to ask starting the day, Lord Jesus, fill me afresh with your Holy Spirit. Make me aware of your presence with me, in me, leading me, guide me and give me a tenderness to your presence. Give me, um, 
give me a humility to your guidance and your leading because the Holy Spirit, I think one of the most beautiful things in writing this book is that I, I did have a very intimate relationship with God, the father and God, the son, but I have found that the Holy Spirit has brought an even deeper intimacy, mm-hmm. um, just an awareness of his presence, his closeness, his, his continual communication with us through his conviction, through his nudging, through his comfort, through um, bringing scripture to mind, the scripture that we store in our hearts that he brings to mind. Um, and so I would say, start with what Jesus said, ask for his presence to um, guide you and fill you to know his power. And then it's also, um, Pat, and this is the part that sometimes we don't love talking about, and I'll be the first to confess, you know, I said, writing this book, I knew it hurt a little bit because I knew there were parts of my life that God wanted greater access to that I was withholding. Um, and so that means yielding to the Holy spirit's authority, to his guiding, um, yielding to that convicting work, that loving convicting work that he's doing. So, um, you know, a very practical way to know more of his presence and his power is to yield to that conviction that you experience as you go throughout the day, that nudging, you know, don't say that, Go seek forgiveness from your husband. I know you feel like you have the right to be angry, but don't hold on to bitterness. That grieves yep. the Holy Spirit. Yep. Um, don't send in your anger when you want to unleash your tongue on your children because they're making you crazy. So he's it, as, as we begin to pay attention to that stuff, we we begin to realize that he's communicating with us and, and leading us all day long. And so we have the choice to stay in step with the Spirit, to let him guide our lives, yep. or to ignore him and then kind of reap the consequences and clean up the mess. Yeah, that's good. I, I have always had that, that imagery, you know, I, I love gardening. I don't know whether it's just cause I'm over 40 now. I, I, I like you know, <laughs> things that don't hurt my back or, you know, whatever. And so inevitably when I'm pulling the hose out, you know, from the side of our house and taking them back, we, we had a kind of a prayer garden put in uh, over the last couple of years, we've been working on a prayer garden in, in the back, in our backyard. And, and I've got another garden back there, but inevitably as I'm pulling the hose out, um, there, there's, you know, a, a kink that will happen somewhere in the hose and, and I'm trying, you know, to get water to come out and it's just sort of dribbling out. And I've always that, that analogy, even before I was in the gardening, that analogy of what you're describing there in terms of just the power of the presence, asking for more of the Holy spirit, uh, yielding to the work of the spirit, not grieving the Holy spirit, as Paul says in, in Ephesians four thirty. Mm-hmm. that, that kinked hose has always been sort of a, a visual for me that, that, um, there are times there are things in my own life that can kink the hose that, that can grieve the, the power and the, I mean, the Holy spirit's always present, but in terms of his power and his transforming work, um, you know, we can get in the way of that and we need to cooperate yeah. with with uh, the Holy Spirit in our life. And so, so much of what you're describing, I, I always have that visual of, of me trying to get visual. water, um, you know, to, to our garden. That's um, so helpful. I'm going to have to borrow that. I mean, I will hey, definitely I'm, quote you, but I'm sure I that, stole it from somebody else at some point. <laughs> well, it's a real, but it's a really great visual because like you said, we can, we never have to fear losing him, right? His presence yeah. is permanent. He's God's yep. personal, permanent presence in our lives, which is incredible. And yet, like you said, we can impede his work. We can grieve him. We can quench him. Um, And so that kink in the hose is really powerful for me. I like that. Were were there anything, as you were studying for for the book and writing the book, um, were there any surprises for you? There were Uh, so many surprises. There were so, so, so many. Share, yeah. So share some, I mean, what, what was maybe the, the, the top one or two that, that just sort of took you by surprise? Um, and so, yeah, I'd love to hear that. 
Yeah. You know, one of the very first ones for me was, um, you know, I remember when I was becoming curious about the Holy Spirit and wanting to study and wanting to know more, I called my mom and my dad, one of the benefits of bringing a preacher's kid, which your children will, you know, uh, enjoy for their entire lives. Like, oh, right. I'll just call my dad about that. <laughs> right. um, and I called my mom and my dad and I said, what are your, what are your favorite books about the Holy Spirit? And what are your like favorite, like in scripture, where have you really, you know, found, you know, meaningful teaching, impactful teaching for you. And so they gave me a couple of recommendations on some books and, and daddy said, Jeannie, just go sit down and read John chapters 14 through 16, really slowly, just read them slowly and look for the Holy spirit and what Jesus says about him. Just go there. And of course I'm like, daddy, I've read the gospel of John a hundred times. Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Right. And he's like, read it again and look for the Holy spirit. And so it's in John chapter 16 verses five through seven where Jesus is preparing his disciples for his ascension. And he says to them, it is to your advantage that I go away. Other translations read uh, for your benefit uh, or for your good, right? So it is for your good that I go away, that I return to the father. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I do go, he will come. And I've never, ever noticed how Jesus said to the disciples, it's actually for your benefit that I return to the Father. Because in that moment, as John tells us, the disciples were filled with sorrow. They responded much like I think we do today, which is Jesus, no, 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 we don't want just your spirit. We want you, right? They didn't want to lose Jesus's physical presence. And, you know, he goes on, as you know, to say, you know, there's so much more I need to tell you, but you're not ready for all of it. But basically he's, he's preparing them for the, for the understanding that if they're no longer dependent on his physical presence, but now they will have his spirit, the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ taking up residence inside of them. So they will never be without what they need. Right. And so it's just so incredible that, um, I just sat there and I just, that kind of became a driving question for me as I wrote the book. And ultimately, as you know, I, I said that I I wrote it in a way that it's, it's 30 incredible benefits of the Holy Spirit's presence. Um, so there's 30 short chapters and each one is a benefit because what happened for me was I just kept discovering benefit after benefit after benefit that I had not been aware of. And so many of those benefits were actually benefiting me. He was active in my life all this time. And I just wasn't aware that it was him. And, and I love, I think it's um, RT Kendall that says there's no rivalry among the God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit. So (laughs) it's not like God, the Holy spirit is saying, wait, you're not thanking me. Like I'm over here doing all this for you. And you're, you know, you're saying it's Jesus, right? It's like, (laughs) well, they're one. So it's like, it's, Right. So there's no, it's not like that was happening, but it just has gave me such a deep appreciation for the way he's been working in me and on my behalf without me recognizing that it was his presence and his power. Yeah. Um, but as we become aware of that, it just becomes so much more significant. And then, like you said, it's like the, the hose becomes unkinked and his power is unleashed in greater measure in our lives because we recognize what he's intended to do. But it really goes back to Jesus saying, it's for your good. And I'm like, okay, if it's for my good, if it's to my benefit that I have the Holy Spirit and that Jesus returns to the Father, why? How could that be for my good, right? Yeah. I, I thought everything I needed, I had in my King Jesus. Yeah. Um, and so um, it's just beautiful to see how the Holy Spirit um, continues what Jesus started in our lives for the glory of the Father. Yeah. 
That's so good. I, I again, congratulations on on the book. I, it is such an important book and such a helpful book. And so I uh, just want to commend you for all of the hard work that I know goes into writing a book and just praying that it will be an incredible blessing. I know it will be. Um, to those that choose to to uh, to purchase it and to read it, and I know it's um, yeah, it, it's it's a great book. So I can't en- encourage our listeners enough to to pick up a copy. And so thank you again for for your time. And I know you're busy, and so thanks for carving out some time to be on Root Like Faith today. And so I'd love for you to to share just really briefly as we end. I mean, where can people go? Um, you know, just to connect with you online or social media, and then uh, where can they pick up a copy? don't miss out. Uh, yeah. So, um, my website is Jeannie Cunyon. My Instagram is Jeannie Cunyon. Everything's Jeannie Cunyon. <laughs> I've kept it simple. <laughs> That's uh, good. And yeah, you can, um, the book is sold wherever books are sold. Uh, and you can also buy it through my website or through my Instagram. There's a link. Um, and I'd love to hear from listeners. If God stirred something in your heart today and you're curious or yeah. want to know more, don't hesitate to reach out and Um, Pat, thank you so much for having me. I'm such big fans of you and Ruth and your ministry and um, your latest book, which was so powerful about your journey and um, just just grateful for your ministry and and the way that you as a couple um, point us and our families to Jesus. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much. And we're, we're going to link to um, to the book and also to um, you know, your website and our show notes. But uh, thank you again. God bless you. And um, I look forward to maybe talking again, having you back on Root Like Faith. Awesome. I would love that. Thanks so much. God bless. Yep. Okay. Well, friend, we are so grateful you have joined us. Wasn't that a great conversation about the Holy Spirit? I just absolutely love Jeannie. And remember, you can follow her on Instagram and continue learning from her. Her Instagram handle is simply her name, at Jeannie Cunyon. Well, if we haven't met yet, Pat and I want to get to know you. And we absolutely love the messages that you send us, especially when you introduce yourself. I love when some of you are like, hey, you told me to introduce myself. Well, here I am. So do that. We want to hear from you. You can follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. And don't forget, everything we've talked about will be at rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. Again, we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. Would you do us a big favor and leave us a review or rating and share this podcast with your friends? It just takes a second and it's a tremendous help to us as we spread the word about Root Like Faith. We're so grateful for your help in getting the word out. Okay, friend, we'll, we'll, we will chat soon and we hope you have the best week.